Chapter twenty two of eighty seven by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty two Evolution. The elder of the two occupied a low rocker, upholstered in pale blue and matching exquisitely with all the surroundings of the pretty room. An open book lay in her lap, the place kept by one hand, while with the other she toyed caressingly with the brown hair of the girl who curled in a graceful attitude at her feet before the open window, whose outlook was the lovely lake, up and down which many boats were flitting. A handsome wharf was also in view, and a brilliantly painted steamer, from whose red smokestack the glow of sunset was reflecting itself, was just coming into port, gay with music and alive with people. "'So you have been here from the very first, said the elder lady, musingly, and in the tone which denotes a continuation of a topic which has already been somewhat discussed. "'From before the first, laughed the girl. "'My earliest recollections are connected with walks through the woods to this point, when it enjoyed uninterrupted solitude. Genuine solitude. Birds and squirrels held undisputed possession.' occasionally a fisherman's rowboat would reach as far out as this but it was not often such a thing as a steamer making a landing here never entered even my dreams and as for houses in these woods and avenues and gravelled walks and hotels and temples and people thronging everywhere it would have made an exquisite fairy tale had my imagination only been equal to such a strain i cannot imagine solitude in connection with the place said the elder lady dreamily you cannot imagine anything about it no one can who comes to the place now for the first time you should have seen it evolve itself out of chaos i watched the first house go up helped build it i may almost say at least i suggested several things which the builder assured me were improvements and i literally helped the first family move in there was a baby with whom i played for hours to his and my great comfort thereby reaching home so late that my mother was frightened our home was fully two miles from here oh why was it i thought you always lived on the grounds these were not always grounds it was woods i assure you dense and silent it was a great thing for this part of the country when a camp meeting association camped here for the first time that was the beginning of revolution but of course it suggested nothing of this people thought for a long time that it was to be simply a camp meeting ground there are some who seem to think so still and is the place so very different from what it was at first i mean at the first regular meeting of this new idea very different with emphasis instead of the amphitheatre we had a great tent with stumps standing around here and there and vines straggling in and squirrels hopping about the temple was another tent everything was intense even the hotel not the athenaeum with a merry laugh but a dining hall with oilcloth for table linen and boards stretched lengthwise for seats and two tined steel forks and dishes to match really said the elder lady incredulously really oh we thought the accommodations royal such an improvement on the usual camp-meeting management i heard many say 
those were the times when people insisted on calling it a camp meeting the auditorium was lovely in those days the park you know where the great trees are and the fountain it was filled with seats which reached away back to the hill on those first moonlighted nights when the seats were filled with people and the band played and the great choir sang i caught my first idea of what heaven might possibly be like the old auditorium will always have a charm for me beyond anything else we have outgrown the spot so that it will not do for a general gathering place but i look to see it memorialized some day in a becoming manner i'm sure i don't know how no idea i have as yet heard suggested suits my memories of the place and where was the museum the museum was not it had not yet been evolved neither had the lovely hall where it stands was a grove a magnificent grove the prettiest spot on the grounds i thought so as a child and i have not changed my opinion i used to dream there i spent a great deal of my childhood in that grove and had a hundred visions of what i would do and say there some day i dreamed out many a flower-strewn path leading to it and more than one golden gate of entrance but they were not in the least like what has come to pass it is a very great and beautiful thing which has come to pass the elder lady said speaking earnestly every hour the scheme grows on me i have been deeply interested in it since the first year of my visit here that makes you open your eyes dear you have always taken it for granted that i was never here before because i exclaim over things so much but indeed the changes have been very great no it was not at the first that was why i wanted your impression of the very first things because to me the improvements are simply marvellous and yet i can imagine that the changes must mean a great deal more to you who saw the first visible outlook of the idea when were you here vine questioned eagerly the year our wonderful circle was formed which is reaching around the globe i remember the day and hour and you were here then why miss force you cannot think how strange that seems to me suppose you remember that i am simply elise to you do you think i can bring myself to say miss wilmeth i think you will always be just vine to me if i should meet you when you are a sweet old grandmother in gray hair and the whitest of caps the girl laughed a sweet pleased laugh i like to say elise she said it is such a beautiful name but it seems almost rude sometimes i'm so glad you have been here before i wonder if i saw you i may have done so many times and not have known that i was near you and yet i don't believe it something would have told me the first day when you stepped from the boat and i watched you inquiring your way i said to myself i love her she is my friend if i never speak to her in this world i shall go up to her as soon as i see her in heaven and say you are my friend you have been ever since that summer day when you came through the assembly gates in eighteen hundred and eighty four do you remember all this i planned to say to you and i remember i said to myself it may be the year eighteen thousand and eighty-four when i shall say it to her because i may be thousands upon thousands of years in heaven before i meet her but i shall say it miss force laughed 
a tender appreciative laugh as she said what an imaginative little girl it is i can imagine her creating a fairyland and peopling it with almost as many wonders as have grown up with her on this spot did you live in this house from the first from the first my father built it the winter after the opening meeting he had a chance that season to do some work on the grounds and was decently paid for it for almost the first time in his life and it made him resolve to come here and try to make a living we were very poor in those days elise and the house why you could not certainly imagine it to be the same now if you had seen it at first indeed the frame is all that is the same it was quite unfinished paper partitions over the rough beams for several years and we kept boarders too imagine people furnishing their boarders rooms with a little looking-glass ten inches square a pine bedstead a shelf covered with paper for a washstand and room for one wooden seated chair squeezed in at the foot of the bed and only calico curtains to divide the next little room from this yet it was palatial in those days and from the first people liked to come here they liked my mother's table we had only oilcloth for tablecloths and napkins were quite beyond us yet the people who boarded with us one season came the next and brought their friends and it came to pass that our house was crowded i do not wonder at that in the least said miss force sympathetically but what a bower of beauty you have made of the house i think it pretty vine said glancing about the room with innocent pride every article in the room and indeed in the house has a history there was one troubled year when my father and mother held long councils together about the changes that prophesied ill to them father said houses were growing better here each season better finished and furnished and we could not hope another summer to get boarders in an unfinished and unfurnished house that he hoped to do a little toward the house during the winter but to furnish was out of the question i lay awake and cried that night because i was such a useless girl and could not help them in any way but the next day brought a revelation there was a lady here giving lectures on decorative art i went because i happened to have an hour of leisure and always went to everything i could i didn't expect to get anything which could be utilized in our little unfurnished house but the lady was just aglow with ideas furniture and curtains and decorations of exquisite sorts i found could be made of almost nothing the next afternoon i coaxed mother to go and to the next lecture father went those three lectures made a revolution in our home father is ingenious and mother is well mother is everything father made the furniture those chair frames every one are home made and mother and i decorated a few yards of cambric and of ten-cent nottingham lace and of unbleached muslin and of cheesecloth two or three papers of diamond dye and a few quires of butcher's paper and what a change came over our home the best of it was to see how it pleased and cheered father mother said we had put new life into him we worked like bees all winter and the first coming of summer guests repaid us the summer before our rooms were all taken but not until late when some of our old boarders came back and they came only in the height of the season but this summer of which i'm telling you 
people would take a peep into our blue and white and pink and white rooms with their toilet draperies of nottingham and their friezes of brown paper and their portiers of cheesecloth and say how perfectly lovely and engage the rooms on the instant mother used to say half indignantly that she might have given them sour bread and burned meats and they would have been content so long as their rooms looked stylish and pretty but that isn't so of course the pleasure would not have lasted if things had not matched so as i tell you everything about our life has evolved from this idea father's little farm had barely furnished him with enough in the past to keep his family from starving we were so far you know from any good market but the market came to us and father after a while got the entire farm into working order to raise fruits and vegetables for the summer crowds then it began to pay our butter and our cows and our berries became quite the fashion and you owe your education also to the idea do you not indeed i do of course only a common school education would have been within my reach and it was very common indeed i assure you in those days but it is a good school now that is one of the beauties of this whole scheme it reaches out its long arms in all directions and plants seeds which spring up in blessings that common school had to reform and become modern and advanced and all that sort of thing it could not have lived at all if it had not as for me i was a sort of sponge bent on absorbing everything within my reach i joined the french class and afterward the german then the latin teacher came here to call on a boarder and told father i ought to begin latin and invited me to his class and i was charmed and slipped in some way and so it went on until i found myself taking up a full course of study in all directions i've been a member of the correspondence class ever since its organization you are a fair specimen of what the idea can accomplish when it has willing subjects said miss force a first-class boarding-school education without spending a night away from home the boarding-school came to me laughed vine it has been great fun to sit at home and have the best come to my very doors to teach me i who thought mournfully that when i was through with arithmetic there would be nobody to teach me algebra and i should drop behind our common school was not sufficiently advanced for algebra in the days before the birth of this idea think of it the question is of whom were you afraid of dropping behind said miss force mirthfully it was such a strange idea for a little girl to have who was on par with all about her it shows a natural reaching out after higher attainments a reaching out not born of anything outside of her growing mind i don't know said truthful vine speaking slowly a warm flush creeping over her face i think it was outside of myself in a degree i had a friend who had gone away from here and of whom i believed great things i expected to be proud of him some time and for years there hovered about me a desire to be sufficiently his equal to be able to enjoy his society suppose i should meet him in heaven you know of course do you mean that you have never met him since you were a little girl oh no and i have never heard from him nor of him he may be an ignoramus for all i know but i don't believe it 
at twelve he was too well started in another direction to make a good ignoramus and his memory pushed you forward toward self-education really influence is a solemn thing but vine dear with your intense enthusiasm for everything connected with this idea how is it that you never connected yourself with its reading circle are you waiting until your years of study are over before you take hold of it that is a fairly good idea unless you are willing to take the education slowly spreading it over more years and supplementing it with the reading that really would be the wise way i believe but with your intense nature i should have expected you to plunge into the circle heart and soul the very hour it had birth i want to talk to you about that elise suppose we take a walk and watch the moon rise while i unburden my mind of its troubles you do not mean to attend the lecture to-night i think no more lectures for this day miss force said shaking her head emphatically the two o'clock one gave me mental food enough to grow on for years End of chapter twenty two